start the show not with your mouth, but with your heart. Aww. Hit the theme music. No. Oh. Okay. <laughs> How fucking dare you? <laughs> <laughs> that was that was too sentimental an opening. I had to balance it out. Okay. Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. This is Slow Readers. Your weekly fast-paced literature podcast. Brought to you by Topic on Radio. Here, the conversation is always on books. It's always on reading. It's always on snakes. It's always on... Dear God, can you fix... It's to drive me nuts. The, the one... Okay, there you go. It's just... I'm pointing to like uh, the little... It's always on askew sound pads. Askew sound pads. It was just driving me crazy. Yeah, I fixed that last <laughs> just looking week. looking at it. All right. Uh, and a bunch of other things. A uh, bunch well, of cool stuff. Welcome, dear listener readers. This is the show. Hello, friends. This is how it starts. This is how we do it. Gabriel, who and what are you? On Thursday night. Hello, everyone. My name is Gabe Mara. I'm a comedian every now and again. I'm a writer. I'm an audio producer. And I'm also a great bartender. Not, not a great bartender. I always say that. Like, <laughs> what, a, like, what an interesting, like, kind of like, I am a great bartender. I'm a great bartender. Okay. I'm, not, I'm, I'm not defending myself to you people. No, I always say it in my mind to, um, you know, the great pretender, that song. Oh, yes, I'm the great pretender. Ooh. If I said yes. Yeah. Okay. Freddie Mercury did a cover of that right before he died. Right before he died? Before he fucking bit it, bro. He was, he was bit by, he was shot by a kryptonite bullet. I thought that was going to go way darker. Really? What? Okay. I thought you were going to say like, like, uh, like, nope. he got the bug. He got bit by the bug. Oh, no. I didn't mean to, like, no. Yeah. Uh, so you your introduction is done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Co-host, who are you? I am Daniel Gonzalez. DW. Audio producer, editor, writer, and an author. Mm-hmm. Of note. Of note. Yeah. Uh, and this is our show, Slow Readers. Hi, everyone. Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. Sometimes our microphones get turned around. Sometimes they do get turned around. <laughs> and it makes the episode sound like shit. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it, it could have sounded worse, but, you know, we, we had we had the sprightly Katie Kometz with us who mm-hmm. always brightens up a room. Yeah, and a lot of the attention across was, the country. was on her, and also because we're we were listening to both her voice and ourselves through headphones. Yeah. So, for example, I did not, I cannot tell that when I was talking that this sounds off. Yeah. Which is like I couldn't really tell, especially because I was listening to this through earbuds. However, yeah, I didn't. Daniel's realize that my microphone, microphone was backwards, yeah. and also just by looking at it, you can't really tell because when I look at it, I'm looking at it through my pop filter. Yeah, we have these fancy ass roads, and the only way you can tell it's facing incorrectly is there's a little silver dot that's supposed to face you, but through the pop filter, you can't see that shit. Yeah. So you know what? We're professionals, but sometimes professionals fuck up. Yeah. Hey, we're not perfect. So stop. Making... We're not Bay once. Stop making fun of us. Yeah. God damn it. Jesus. So this is a show. Yeah, this Ga- is what we do. Gabriel. Yep. Uh, let's go right to the book, right? Mm-hmm. This is technically a Stranded. I was going to say, that was going to be my question. Is this on the Strand 80 list? It sure is. All right. So we kind of did like two books that were kind of like on the Strand 80 that weren't necessarily episodes of Stranded, but, but we're doing it anyway. I'm like holding hey. a bapper burp. I know. I watch you do Oh. Oh, shit. It's time to fuck. <laughs> no, it's time for painkillers. Painkillers. All right. Then I'll be right back. I'm going to take a painkiller. Okay. I'm in the NFL. I need these. Uh, I will read a little bit of the oh. intro to the car- to the, uh, the about the author and whatnot cool. in the meantime. So, Gabriel, who's yeah. not here right now, uh, we're covering uh, Le Petit Prince by Antoine de Saint-Exupéry, uh, a French author. And I'm going to say the, the things that everybody kind of knows about him that we already know already. Uh, he lived between the years 1900 and 1944. Uh and I kind of like with last week with uh, Louisa May Alcott, uh, I did a 
I, I wrote down a bunch of notes. I'm going to try and do my best to do this very quickly, but, uh, mm-hmm. but much like, much like Alcott, uh, uh, Dick is shockingly interesting. Is like the most interesting person in the world. More than a Dos Equis guy? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think like Dos Equis, like he's like kind of, he's in like a younger generation, whereas he looks up to the son exupery so like he goes like listen i'm interesting but i was mentored by writer slash philosopher slash air pilot yeah uh uh antoine de saint exupery um so again so uh, uh, a lot of the stuff early on actually i wrote wrote down the uh about the author at the end of the book is very interesting uh does a really great job kind of describing his life story but yeah, he he was taken for flying when he was like twelve and whatnot. And never he flew then. his first plane at age twelve. I he believe. Was, I, I don't know if he was, actually was flying or if he was just kind of like you know like, in, in like the, the cockpit. He was like in like the the what do you call it like the second cockpit and whatnot while the other person. Was All flying. right, but like whatever it was, it, it's kind of unclear. And I didn't part. Yeah, it says he flew for the first time. Yeah, he flew. For the first he, time. I read that. I chose to read that as he flew his first plane at just, age twelve. Just like the kids at the beginning of Pearl Harbor. Exactly. Whoa, I never saw. You that haven't movie. seen Pearl Harbor? Believe it or not, that's crazy. You know, I saw. It. Never forget. Right. Uh, so yeah, no. He since twelve, and ever since then, he wanted to be a pilot. Uh, he failed his uh, entrance exams into the uh, French like naval academy. Damn. Uh, and instead, he went into a prestigious art school. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting that this guy who always wanted a pilot couldn't become a pilot, so he got into an art school. The guy sure. who did Le Petit Prince. Le Petit Prince. Uh, yeah, he started his pilot career at 21, and by 26, he was flying mail for Aeropostel. Cool. Uh, which is basically a private island, uh, airline delivering mail between uh, Toulouse, France, and uh, Dakar, Saint- Senegal. Senegal? That's cool. Yeah. Uh, his first note- in Africa? I think I think so. Actually, I don't. Really Senegal's know. in Africa. Is it in Africa? I'm yeah, almost certain. News to me. I kept watch, I, watch. I'm the idiot. That keep... Senegal's like nowhere near Africa. <laughs> it probably is. Like I keep thinking, like like a uh, uh, well, not like. I mean, uh, that's that's where Chidi from uh, from the good place is from. He's from Senegal. Oh yeah, I'm assuming he it, yeah, it's now. Yeah, yes, right. it's in West Africa. There you go. Okay. Uh, anyway, so like uh, very briefly, his first novella was 1926's The Aviator, which was about what. Uh, I can't imagine a filmmaker. Uh, his first book was the 1926 memoir called uh, Southern Mail, mm. uh, and then like his first, uh, like his first like real book book was uh, 1931's uh, Night Flight, which won him like a boat lo- a buttload a buttload. Let me say this again. Butt-lud. I mean, thank God we do multiple takes for these things, and we just edit out the bad takes. They salt like His 1931 book, 31 book. Nut flood. Let, let me say it again. His <laughs> 1931 book, Night Flight, won yes. him a. Boat, <laughs> boat, buttload, buttload, boatload works too. I couldn't know, but I wrote down but buttload, and for many, some reason I have a hard time. Many saying awards. It. He won a no a buttload. There you go. It is. It is a. It is. That's how it's written. In so like, far, we haven't screwed up saying Antoine de Saint Exupéry, but you can't say. I can't buttload. say buttload. <laughs> yeah, all right, that's cool. Of critical and commercial success, mm-hmm. 1931, Night Flight, which clearly like. Pretty much all of his books, including uh, uh, this one, um, are very somewhat autobiographical and also very much based on his experiences as a pilot. Yeah. Okay. So, like, I wanted to focus on more of the stuff around both the the story, of, like, the story around this and also kind of, like, the fucking crazy things at the end. Because his fucking biography involves uh, a mysterious death. And well, before we get even deeper in it, did you briefly explain what this book is? I said briefly the title. Okay. Yeah. Well, for, in case for those of you who don't know what this book is, it is a book by French author Antoine de Saint-Exupéry, and it's 
not quite a children's book. It's not really a children's book, but it is a semi-illustrated short little story Mm -hmm. about a pilot who crash lands in Africa, and he encounters a strange little fellow who is... The Little Prince. La Petite Prince. It's an all-ages kind of book. It carries a lot of, like, deep, wonderful wisdom, that kind mm. of thing, without being, like, like all Paulo Coelho about it. It's a, <laughs> I was, I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> yeah. It's it's this wonderful, charming book for all ages. It, it's still, it's never been not in print. So, um, just quick Google. It's a beautiful little thing. Daniel, continue. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, okay. I'm not going to get into it yet, but yeah, no, it's a good point. I keep hearing it described as a novella. Uh, technically. Which, like... I don't know. It, it's kind of like, it's kind of vague, but yeah, no, it, I mean, it very much is in the structure of like a children's picture book. Yeah. It is a little longer and a little mm-hmm. denser and clearly a, like, you know, more, you know, uh, 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 Yeah. Like in a uh, weird way, the best way I can put it is it's an all ages book. It's an all ages book. Yeah. In the same, oddly enough, this is, the, this is the second week in a row where we're doing like a kind of children's literature. Yeah. And it's like, like these books, and don't get me wrong. Like I'm sure if we were reading like actual children's literature, we wouldn't fucking find it interesting. But well, I know plenty like, of good children's literature. Like what? Like any of the Newbery or Caldecott winners? Whatever. Anyway, going on. Okay, so this is going into the story behind Le yes. Petit Prince. Yeah. Um, in 1935, he crashed in the Sahara Desert, mm-hmm. which is also described in the back of the book as uh, a Libyan desert. Okay. Which is kind of weird because I've heard it described other words as the Sahara Desert, which is sure. what the pilot in the story actually mm-hmm. crashes in. Just kind Maybe of it's a broader generalization, like saying like you crash in the Rockies, but it's like oh, it can, or say like I was in a Colorado mountain. Some, some like yeah, it's like a. It's it might a be of, a tighter designation. It's an annoying kind like, of. The Appalachians but, are a huge mountain range. But uh, he crashed while attempting the world time record from Paris to Saigon, and uh, basically him and his co-pilot had to walk three days looking for water. That's pretty fucking. Wild. Um, which is actually described in the back of the book. However, I do want to say I looked up that apparently that's like an actual contest where like there is a money prize oh. for it. So yeah, it wasn't just like, hey dudes, let's see who's fast. Is this still going on and should we do it? Um, I have no idea if it's still going on. That'd be fun. That'd it's be like, cool. dude, we got to go to France and we got to fucking fly a biplane. Dude, let's do a fucking <laughs> whimsical adventure. Okay. Uh, and he also had another crash in 1938, which basically- Who was he? Of, Harrison Ford? Which kind of- I was going to say Hemingway. He was the one who f- suffered a lot of plane That's crashes. That's true. And, and, uh, but also similarly like Hemingway, uh, he kind of suffered from his plane crashes too. Uh, for example- I, the I can't ni- imagine not suffering from a plane crash. The infamously difficult to survive. Yeah. Um, but in 1938, uh, he was kind of forced to stay in New York. Uh, he was actually living in uh, South Park Central. Cool. I'm sorry. So, uh, Central, Central Park, Park South. South? South Park Central. South Park Central. Yeah. The website? Uh, but during this time, he took up the name De Saint Exupéry, which is basically the hyphenated Exupéry. Did I say Exupéry again? Yes, you did. Oh man, that's the hardest. That's the first thing. time you fucked it up. That's the first time I fucked it up. Because when I heard this the first time, I was saying let's use it, say Saint Exupéry, but no, it's Exupéry. Well, that's interesting. The accents on the e wouldn't it be Exupéry. 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 Uh, but basically, like he took up the hyphenated version of the name because yeah. he got tired of Americans calling him Mister Exupéry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he also tried to convince the U.S. to intervene in the war peacefully. Oh, because uh, at this time, uh, France was was now occupied. Um, but <laughs> this is very interesting. His wife Anne wrote uh, this pamphlet called "Wave of the Future," which basically uh, it was another just, like, aviator connection. It was a pamphlet essentially that described like like Hey, U.S., you should sign like a peace treaty, much like Stalin did with Hitler at the time. Mm. Uh, Wave of the Future became one of the most reviled literature at the time. That's wild. With the Roosevelt administration calling it the Bible of every American Nazi, fascist, Bundist, and appeaser. Wow. It's pretty harsh. I mean, you know, I, I mean, mean, 
in retrospect, it's like, yeah, you can't be wrong fighting Nazis or whatever. But like, clear at this point, it's like, let's make peace with them. You know? Yeah, I, hey, isolationism was a really big deal before um, um Pearl Harbor. Yeah. I mean, like, go, like going back to your U.S. history after World War One, the war war supposed to end all wars. The U.S. had wanted nothing to do with the international conflict until we were attacked. It's crazy. Thanks, Japan. Thanks, Japanophiles. <laughs> That's it. Going on. He and his wife lived in Quebec City briefly during this time. Sure. Where's uh, that? Quebec. It's like in Canada. Is it in Quebec? Some bullshit. It's in Quebec. Oh, that's cool. Uh, he met a precocious eight-year-old blonde child there. What? Thomas, the son of philosopher Charles de Conic. Conic? Whatever it is. Oh. I don't know who this jerk is. But then, like, returning from Quebec, he was sick, basically, because he was, like, generally unwell. Keep in mind, he had suffered two fucking plane crashes. Yeah. Um, and also just, like, general stress. Uh... So basically, the the French wife of one of his publishers kind of like got him to like convince him to write a children's book, uh, to basically say like this will do you well. Also, they wanted to compete against the Mary Poppins books, which were really huge sure. at the time. Fuck uh, you, Banks. So Le Petit Prince was written in mid 1942 and published in French and English in 1943, but would only appear in France after his death. Why is that? Because uh, his writings were uh, were like nationally banned because he was known because he's not only like a you know a living in America and is trying like to James his... Brown yeah no but, but you know but he's been very vocal about the occup- occupation and whatnot so mm-hmm. like he's been, just been generally blacklisted sure um, in 1943 he insisted on another mission despite suffering physically from his previous crashes Charles de Gaulle publicly accused Antoine to be aiding the Germans I was literally about to say like he he like you don't want the Gauls an enemy kind of kidding but apparently true yeah uh just for no reason at all just that just kind of like just basically mentioned it's like by the way he's like he's totally friends with the nazis or he's sure. working for the nazis Jeez. which drove the dude to drinking sure. um so basically he was like considered he was considered to be denied uh the right the right to fly because like he just really wasn't doing well mm-hmm. um and in uh, july uh 31st 1944 he set out from borgo corsica to overfly occupied france mm. that was the last anybody had seen him um but didn't he also, like, apparently land and become a half-pig, half-man, and become a bounty hunter later on? You know, that's a really fine point that I want to bring up later on. Sure. Uh, because th- that's exactly what I was thinking about through all of this, where uh-huh. I'm reading the story of Exupari, uh, and, like, I keep thinking, like, I wonder if Hayao Miyazaki yeah. was looking at the story and was just like, I want to, I have the story, and it's going to be called Parker Rosso. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Also, there might, there maybe there might have been a bit of, like, a, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, When, like, it's, like, not synergy, but, like, a like confluence. A, a cre- a confluence yeah. That's the word. There you go. Stephen King's word. One of the notes that I have that I was kind of, kind of, like, uh, gloss over, but, because it's just kind of, like, interesting. There's a lot, yeah, there's huh? a lot I want to say about the making and, like, stuff around I mean, there's book. more to this incredibly boring story. Uh, but also, supposedly, in the book, there is a character at the Rose, who we'll explain in a moment. Mm-hmm. But supposedly that might have been based on his Salvadorian wife, Consuelo. He had two wives. He had he had a he had his I believe this was his first wife. I don't know he had any more, but he had a but yeah he had his wife briefly. Uh, his infidelities also might have been kind of like personified in this story when he sure. goes to Earth and he sees that all those all roses, roses and yeah. But supposedly you look at like just the idea about like this is this fucking French pilot and like, he finds like this kind of like exotic wife and I keep thinking about Porco Rosso and yeah. you know. so. So here's the crazy thing, right? Okay. So again, he was basically supposed to fly around occupied France, and he just disappeared. Like, everyone was super fucking bummed out. That's a fun way yeah. to put it. Yeah, de Gaulle wasn't bummed out, I'm sure. De Gaulle was just like, that, ger- that German lover. Finally! 
There's a huge like jerk off motion. So basically, nobody knows. Nobody, for the most part, knows exactly what happened. He ran away with Amelia Earhart. Uh, supposedly, an unidentified body in a French uniform was found south of Marseille and buried. Like Ooh. shortly, like Mar- shortly Marseille? after the thing. Marseille. What did I say? Marseille. You said Marseille. Anyway, Marseille. Uh, yeah, whatever. You did all the research. Uh, but basically, question mark, even in like the Wikipedia, it's a citation needed, right? Sure. Uh, but in 1998... Whoa! Uh, by the way... That's the year I was born! He vanished... No, uh, he vanished the year That's after... That's when KDK was born. After Le Petit Prince was published. Uh, that's another important thing to say, that he wrote this, and then a year later... Fucking he fucking vanished. He got on a plane and vanished. He went back to his planet <laughs> and his rose. Terrible. In 1998, though, a silver bracelet belonging to the man was found by a fisherman. Hmm. Uh, a diver uh, discovered a submerged ship in 2000 and that it would be partially dredged up in 2003 and in 2004 was confirmed to be Antoine's ship. Oh, wow. Um, but it's still unclear whether he was shot down or just crashed because it's only like a small, like a portion of the ship. And that's mm-hmm. uh, exactly. I mean, a ship. He was on a ship? Oh, was that? No, no, his plane, airship. Yeah, you, yeah, you said ship. I'm like, I said what do ship. You mean? I'm calling like an airplane a ship. I sure. Know, sorry. But basically, like uh, in that mysterious body that was supposedly found and then buried shortly after, it was in like the same region as well. Okay. Uh, but that's extremely skeptical. What, sure. There have been several German pilots who claim to have shot down a P-38, which is the type of like plane that he was flying, mm-hmm. at the same time in a region, which of course have always been met with like skepticism and doubt. Sure. Uh, a French journalist, a French journalist, interviewed many pilots in 2008 and discovered a possibly likely account from Horst Rippert. Her- Rippert. Good name. Rippert. Yeah, it's really hard to say too. Horst. Horst. That's a name that my mouth does not like saying. Mm-hmm. Rippert did not know this at the time, but basically through the interviews, basically saying, hey, you know, you might have been the person to have killed Desson Exupéry. Mm-hmm. And he does not like that because he's a huge fan of the author. I was about to say, wouldn't that be fucking dark to be a big fan of this book? Yes. And realize you in, in war accidentally mm-hmm. killed him? And did not know this for over 60 years. Yeah, what a fucking bummer. It is. Uh, that said, even though like it's again one of those things where it's like he kind of figured out like this guy have shot down a pilot and this time at this specific thing. Yeah. So like it's still kind of like like. No one will ever know for certain at this point, basically. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's kind of like the the mystery extends, but we kind of have an idea that this something could have happened. Sure. But supposedly that like I, I looked on, on Wikipedia, it said like somebody wrote like a song that was all about the idea about like Reaper, that Reaper shooting down like the, the author and whatnot. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's crazy. And just a couple more interesting things I want to do. I have like some extra notes that I wanted to like write down that are fucking fascinating. But okay. uh, Le Petit Prince is the uh, third most sold fiction book in history. Wow. After only Lord of the Rings and The Alchemist. That's fucking, oh man. Uh, 100, 140, yeah, no, Alchemist. 140 million copies of this book have been sold. That's amazing. Which is ahead of uh, 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 the first Harry Potter book as well. Cool. So. That makes me happy actually. And I I'm did, very glad. And uh, one fun thing is that Dasson Oxbury was played by Tom Hulse in 1995's IMAX short film The Wings of Courage. Oh. Directed by Jean-Jacques Arnaud. Director of The Name of the Rose and some other dumb movies. So Mozart also played the Celtic Superman? Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> and that's uh, that's that. There's a bunch of other interesting things I could say, but I think sure. I- I'm going on a bit long. Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. I need you to okay. describe to me what happens in Le Petit Prince. In the little prince. The little prince. All right. So honestly, it's it's such like a, like, it's like the, describing the plot of a kid's book. Like, the, yeah, there's the, no point in doing it. There, there's it's like all other... in the premise. <laughs> 
there's either a lot that happens yeah or like you kind of be like and then this thing happens yeah either you either you're super broad or you go like like beat by beat by beat so i'm gonna find a middle ground here so basically it begins with a nameless narrator who was an aviator he talks about how the differences between adults and children relating to a drawing he the very first drawing he did which to an adult observer to an adult jaded eye looks like a hat when in reality it is a snake who has swallowed an elephant mm-hmm. um i have seen this tattoo many a place and it's, really? yeah i've oh, seen wow. it a lot of people i once I mean, saw it, it as a tramp stamp which i'm kind of like <laughs> that's your tramp stamp wow yeah that's, that's that's interesting what a whimsical tijuana license plate anyway it's like someone having like the first lines of ulysses at tramp stamp or something. yeah like well, <laughs> cool I, I i mean that's neat um anyway so um basically begins with this nameless pilot he um laments what happens when we lose perspective as adults and like you know about like talking about fanciful things whimsical things we lose them so as an adult he crashes his plane and in an attempt to fix it if only a few days left of water he encounters this strange mystical little fellow like he appears to be like a little boy but it's it's never clear if it's literally a child except for the movie which i'll discuss in a minute mm-hmm. um and this slash, slash movies movies oh. so <laughs> this little fellow the little prince refuses to answer any questions but just like kind of talks in a general monologue every now and again like musings about about where he comes from in his home, uh-huh. his space, keeps on demanding questions, doesn't let it go. <laughs> yeah, but he, uh, the he... connection is formed because he demands the pilot draw him a sheep for his planet. Mm-hmm. And in a tie into the very beginning, the narrator draws many sheep only for the prince to be like, no, that's no good. That's not right. And finally, he draws a box and says the sheep's inside. And the prince is like, that's a perfect sheep. So that kind of, that should, that should give you an idea of the kind of mindset and the narration and the story of this thing. Five pages into this 80-page story. Five in this 80-page story. So moving to, on from that. Not to rush it, but yeah, I'm, no, just, no, no, I'm no. giving them an, an Yeah, idea. so that's, that's, like, that's like the tone of the whole thing. That's what you can expect. And the rest of it is the story of how the prince came to land on Earth. He visits a variety of planets, meets a variety of strange adults, and he looks back to the rose he left back on his planet that he abandoned. Mm-hmm. He meets a fox, a snake, etc. And eventually the prince returns to his home planet. Slash fucking dies. Slash fucking dies. Slash fucking dies. And the narrator returns home and with the treasured memory of joy, pain, and loss of having once known the prince. Yeah. And um, also the... Yeah, no. And... Uh, it... it, it yeah the 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 thing at the end where like he to go back to his home planet which is it's it's an interesting way to say it but to go basically go back to his like little asteroid which is b612 yeah um i can't remembered that yeah i can't believe he did either right? it's just numbers mm-hmm. uh like he's like he basically says he needs like his body's too heavy so he needs to shed it so he needs yeah. to go to the thing also i didn't get this by reading the thing but i read this in like the wikipedia thing that uh-huh. he allows himself to get bitten by the snake yeah that's the whole thing the snake says i can take you home there's there is a lot of metaphor Mm -hmm. slash children's metaphor Mm -hmm. slash i don't even understand like i don't know it's it's a lot of mythological style writing very very whimsy it is um and it's real cool because like reading about how he wrote it were essentially because he's never written like a children's book before Mm -hmm. 
especially something like 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 this and whatnot. But um, an interesting key to the whole story is the dedication, where he writes straight up in the beginning that, like, here's a great way to approach the story as well. He addresses it to Leon Worth, and he says, and I'll just read it aloud because okay. I think it's very charming. To Leon Worth, I ask children to forgive me for dedicating this book to a grown up. I have a serious excuse. This grown-up is the best friend I have in the world. I have another excuse. This grown-up can understand everything, even books for children. I have a third excuse. He lives in France where he's hungry and cold. I can't go back to France. He needs to be comforted. If all his excuses are not enough, then I want to dedicate this book to the child whom this grown-up once was. All grown-ups were children first, but few of them remember it. So I correct my dedication to Leon Worth when he was a little boy. Mm. So it's a lot of it is just a book about what it means to have an inner child. Hmm. Yeah. It's not much else to say, but it's so it's so hard to talk can't about we, because we it's like So let's instead of in between the breakdown the plot, let's take it to this direction, Daniel. This is your first time reading the book, right? Yes. Um how did you like it? No, I liked it quite a bit. Uh mm-hmm. I feel like it was one of those things where like the more I if I were to read this again, I would like it a little more and kind of yeah. get a little better and like it's just gonna increase. Uh not that we haven't mentioned Studio Ghibli movies already, mm-hmm. but I imagine it's a bit like one of those where it's so kind of like it's so perfectly structured and simple that like the more you read it, the more you kind of like get it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel it's going to be like that kind of thing. And yeah, no, I, I, I like it. And I, and again, reading about like the story behind it is super fucking fascinating. It makes me want to kind of re- revisit it again. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And Gabriel, mm-hmm. uh, you've, have you like, like most other people in this fucking world, did you grow up like with just, just around you constantly? No, not no. at all. Actually. Okay. Interestingly enough, um, the first time I heard of this book was from the Judd Winnick book, um, uh, Pedro and Me. So, Amino um, you know, Judd Winnick, he is a cart- he's, um, uh, cartoonist, graphic novelist, writer. He was also in the real world. And so, the thing is, this is back when early 90s when the real world was about real people and not about sensationalism. Mm-hmm. So, he was a co-star with a gentleman named Pedro Zamora, who was a Cuban man with AIDS. Mm-hmm. And he was like this wonderful AIDS educator, brilliant man. And uh, Judd Winnick has this wonderful graphic novel about their friendship. And uh, like a lot of books, uh, in, a, in a weird tie-in to my life, um, I read that book. Right around the time, a very good friend of mine had passed away. Mm-hmm. And Judd Winnick well, mentions that Pedro reminded him of the little prince, that he was this wonderful person who, who fell into his life, taught him so much, and then had to go away again. Mm-hmm. And I, like, at that point, I was like 18 or so. I forgot about it for a minute. And then I dated that famous ex girlfriend I talk about all the time. The that incredibly famous ex girlfriend. The incredibly literate, very, very cruel young lady. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's not fair. She's a person. But she was um, uh, She told me to read this book. Mm-hmm. And I did. And I fell absolutely crazy in love with it. And I think I reread this book every other year or so, minimum. I own at least three copies of it, one of which in Dutch. And I just, um, I, I love this book. I've loved it since I read it for the first time at age like 19, 20. Yeah. And I think it is one of the most translated books like ever or something yeah, like that. Yeah. I mean, that's such simple language too. <clears throat> yeah, totally. Um, I mean, I, I, as I've mentioned before, I have a tattoo from this book. Gabriel. It's the tramp stamp of the, the, of the, the snake. Tramp stamp of the snake. It's me. I was the girl. It, no, yeah. The tramp stamp is that final image of like the desert. Yeah. <laughs> oh, or you just make it your butt. You just put the star right there, so from the side, it's like, look, it's a thing from the Little Prince. It's my ass. Oh. (sighs) Gabriel. His body was never found. Speaking of death. Yep. uh, The last words of Antoine's younger brother, Francois. Is it not meningitis? Were, 
don't worry, I'm all right. I can't help it. It's my body. Oh. Which is kind of reflected in the little prince's last words to the aviator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really cool. It is. Uh, mm-hmm. Just little things like that. Like, again, like, hearing like, the stories behind it and whatnot, and knowing the fact that at the time, like, when he like when he wrote a children's book, he was very much suffering. He was in exile. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was starting to get, like, depressive and whatnot. And sure. basically writing this was kind of putting all that the thoughts in there. Like, I, I'm curious, kind of curious how many... Let's say let's say let's call it a children's book. Sure. How many children's books were written with this kind of somber tone? <laughs> Not many. There's a, there's a much there's a maturity to this book that doesn't exist in a lot of kids books. A lot of kids books are I think either talking down to a kid or yeah. being intentionally, you know, uh intentionally reaching for a younger audience. It yeah, doesn't it, it's like it's like Pixar and Studio Ghib- Studio Ghibli films. They are they speak to children as if they're people, not as if they're children. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how how different this was. Like you know, back then, if they're worth. It. But yeah, this feels something. The first thing I, the first time I read it, it was an older translation too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. That so I as um the tattoo I have is of the quote unquote drunkard, but the first time I read it, he was known as the tippler, which I find even funnier. Tippler. Yeah, I have the tippler right here on my arm. I actually have no idea what 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 the tippler even. Means. I'm assuming that means it means a drunkard. drunkard. Yeah. It means a drinker. Drinker. Uh. <laughs> That's fun, mm-hmm. but no, you know, you know. Honestly, this this reminds me of what's that? Daniel? For a lot of reasons, Salinger. That's interesting. Yeah, just because, like, again, it's like if another... Salinger wrote like a kids book. If he wrote a kids book, I mean, because again, like Salinger also wrote about you know adults who suck because they're adults and children who are yeah. pure and like just like Teddy much. Yeah, like like and just reading something like this, this kind of reminded me of that kind of mm-hmm. that kind of mindset a little sure. bit. But obviously Sandra wrote darker mature stories. Mm-hmm. Not mature not this. Do you is think mature, that's but... why this book has lasted so long? Because it is has much more mature, somber theme to it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean uh, yeah, well it's like that's kind of what the story is though. I mean it's it, you can't take the tone away from the story the content. Yeah. Uh um, how do you like the art? The art is is fascinating. I really dug the fact that <laughs> That the art is also very self-aware. I yes. Don't, I don't know. It's, it's like Vonnegut's asshole. Yeah. It is. It's, I don't know if like, has the, is the dude like an actual illustrator at all or? I imagine so. I mean, if he okay. went to art school, let's hope so. True. That's all right. Pa- part of the thing is that like uh, the, the narrator, he's also the art, he's also the artist because he, much like a Salinger, mm-hmm. he also quote unquote wrote the book Yeah. and uh, he keeps on, he, he harps Every now and again from the beginning that he would be a much better artist if adults hadn't stomped on his dreams. <laughs> it's it's a it's a funny little tidbit that this book also has like an interesting like amount of odd bitterness to it. Yeah. But it also opens up into such a genuine warmth. That that's what I that's again, that maybe that's what I get from like the Salinger kind of aspect. It is it is like a bitterness at being an adult or mm-hmm. like why adults can't be more like children. Yeah. And it's it's almost angry. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no. And this obviously it's a lot more lightheaded. But um, now, but no. Uh, the, um, the art is fantastic. I, I really dig. Like when I was looking at the fox, I was like, "What a shitty, what a shitty fox!" Like, I love that fox. Like little petite fence. Like that's a horrible fox. And I was like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, right." Yeah. yeah. So let me ask you one more question before I want to show you this fucking clip because it fucking amuses the hell out of me. Also love the rose, but go ahead. Yeah. Um. Well, actually, that's kind of it. So when it comes to the story itself, when it comes to these beats of running into these different people, running into the king, running into the businessman, etc., mm-hmm. and especially once it comes to the roses and the fox, um, what's your, how do you feel about the whole story? What like what leaps out at you? Not your hazy memory, but what leaps out? At you? <clears throat> that's kind of a big, broad question. Mm-hmm. I don't. Like, like for me, this is such a this has been like 
deeply imprinted in my mind since the first time I read it. So I'm super curious, like, what's it like to read this for the first time at age 48? Yeah, 48. Yeah. Uh, No, that's a good, no, it's a very good, it's very interesting how much uh, the person kind of like dresses down all aspects, all, all the different types of adult. Yeah. Um, for children, be like, this is how ridiculous adults are. Mm-hmm. Um, there, yeah, there's the drunkard who drinks to forget that he's ashamed of drinking. Yes. There's the, there's a king who's who's very reasonable. He's a very reasonable king. <laughs> he 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 rules everything, mm-hmm. but he does it reasonably. <laughs> I'm sure you could like. I'm sure there's like some kind of like scholarly text breaking out each of these people is some kind of moral philosophy, something like that. Hey. Then there's like the businessman who who owns the stars and mm-hmm. all he does is. Spend... But what use are you to the stars, sir? <laughs> So like I, you know, let's bring that back as an insult, sir. Of what use are you to the stars, Daniel? Sure, uh, but no, I don't know. like it. I don't know what else I have to say. All it's right, a, again, it's a kind of a broad question. Okay, I, it's I know. So Daniel, what do you know about the original live action film adaptation? The one from the seventies. One from the seventies. I know that. I know that it didn't do very well, and I know that it had uh, Gene Wilder as the fox, and yes. it had Bob Fosse as. The snake. The snake. That's what. Oh, this is an ad. Uh oh. Bob Fosse. So the little prince, who was a genuine fucking toddler in this movie adaptation. You're talking to the wrong end. So at first, it's a real fucking snake. But then it transforms into Bob Fosse. Daniel, do you know who Bob Fosse is? Yeah, he's uh, a guy. He's a famous dance choreographer and director, known for his bizarre. There's there's just that uh that (laughs) extremely sexual dance moves. Okay. Inspired by Michael Jackson in a lot of ways. So he's dressed. Daniel, please describe for the audience how is Bob Fosse dressed. Ugh, how dated. He's he's dressed in almost like a zoot suit looking thing, but it's just a completely black. But he has. <laughs> That's him talking like a snake. He looks like a white pimp. He looks like yeah. He, he has like a snake print along like the the trim of his. Let's move on to the. There's, he's just doing some cool, fun dances, and his home. He's doing it's uncomfortable. I find it odd. Well, I tell you what, this this is both visually fucking striking and also just like and I love weird. Yeah. I love but he's doing Michael Jackson dance moves. It is a it is very much an adaptation of this book where it's like if you were to talk about like let's get this on screen, like this is not how I would want it. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, well, it's adaptation. I think there's something dementedly wonderful about it. Yeah. But also, Bob Fosse looks like a... Pimp. He looks like a big, gay, white-as-hell pimp who is doing like... Who should bis- not be talking to children. Who should not be talking to a toddler. <laughs> and it reminds you so much of like the uncomfortableness of like Michael Jackson dancing to a child. <laughs> That's what, it, yeah, it's like if you ever, right now in this, especially in this, especially now, yeah. think about like how like uh, 
How much and children... Like, this man also, like, in the story, kills the child? Fuck yeah. It's weird. It's like a seductive quality to it that I find... And again, Bob Fosse, incredible director, incredible choreographer, brilliant man, played by Sam Rockwell in that thing. Yeah, I was going to say, what's the... It was Fosse... Fosse Verdon. Vernon, that's what I I keep forgetting the Vernon's name. Verdon. 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 Yeah. Gabriel. And all my... But uh, Gene, Gene Wilder's thing is very charming. He's a fox. I bet he's a fox. He's cute. But I also wasn't expecting him to, like... I thought it was going to be a snake, and then Bob Fosse is talking to the snake. I wasn't expecting it's, it's, the snake becomes Bob Fosse. Yes! Huh? I wasn't it's the of Gene that. Wilder. It's just Gene Wilder. Okay, that's crazy. Uh, Gabriel, we're going a bit long. No! I think, I think we did go on break. No! When we come back, we have a game to play. All right. And then we do final thoughts. Chill. So, Gabriel? Skrill! Welcome back. Hello, everyone. Dear... Children? Listener readers? Listener readers. There's something like children in my head. That's yeah, cool. we always have that E for explicit on our show. Yeah, no, totally. Children should not be listening. No. And if children are here, welcome to the big boys. Welcome to the adult world. Yeah. Snakes bite you. That's terrible. But never lose your sense of wonder. That said, uh, did you hear about the, um, have you looked at all with about the newer, the one that came out several years the ago? The animated film? Um, this, I heard it wasn't very good. The 3D, it actually got relatively good reviews. Oh, it did? Yeah, it's like the 90 something for Rotten Tomatoes and it's like 70 on Metacritic. Like I knew there was a framing device in it. Yes. And I was just kind of like, oh, whatever. The framing device, it, that was a, that was a spaceship. Oh. <laughs> the framing device is a little girl runs into an old aviator and the aviator tells a story about meeting the little prince. Which gets a bit like Stephen King's The Gunslinger, where it's like, it's them talking, him remembering him meeting Little Prince with the Little Prince remembering his I adventures. I was thinking more like the Lorax, but that also works. Yeah, cool. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> Take it to the Gunslinger? To be honest, I don't really remember Lorax. Sure. Even though I read it recently for the first time. Yeah. For a job. It's a great read. We should do that again. Anyway. Um, Love me no, some Seuss. But no, no. And then uh, halfway through, uh, the book ends, and the girl's mad because she's like, that's mis- that's terrible. I can't believe he dies. That's it. She gets mad, and then she basically goes on an adventure to find what happened, and, and she basically... A long story short, she goes and she discovers basically like like the businessman, like all like the people and like oh, the plants and whatnot. That's but neat. they're on but they're on Earth and they kind of have like like roles and whatnot. Oh, that's cool. And that also, sounds really charming. There's an educational program where uh, an evil educator tries to turn children into adults by doing that. Okay, one. I don't like that. There is there is that kind of like the plotty kind that of sounds, thing. Yeah, and like apparently like the businessman is more of like an antagonist. I don't know to what degree, but. That said, she discovers that the little prince is now called, like, Mr. Prince or something like that, and he's a janitor for the businessman. Ugh. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? Okay. I was almost sold. Uh, stat cast, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, including my old... My Who old... plays the snake? The snake? I was just going to say. Uh, Jake uh, the Snake Roberts? An actor Professional who wrestler? you may have heard I really enjoy called Benicio del Toro. <laughs> um, is that the guy from License to Kill? Uh, what'd you say? Guy from License to Kill? License to Kill, yeah. I think said whites whites do kill or something. Whites like do that. kill, you know. Um also known as America. It has no, it has a bunch of fucking people. It has like Paul Giamatti, uh 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 Is it Little Prince? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh uh John Bridge John John Bridges? Jeff, Jeff Bridges. Bridges. Jeff Bridges, wow. Uh, John Goodman and plays Jeff the old uh, aviator and whatnot. Cool. Anyway. I'm uh, sure the French voices have really good casting too. Paul Rudd plays uh the older little prince. Oh. That's it. Okay, we gamer? Yeah. You got a game to play. You, know you got this? a game to play? And if you remember two weeks ago, I had a lot of fun creating uh, our horror, horror bunches of oats. Mm-hmm. 
horror bunches. I created it. Horror bunches. Votes. Horror bunches. Horror bunches. Horror bunches. Hey, I created that. You should have put a trademark on it and sold it like I did. That's fair. No, I didn't mean to say you're a real businessman trying to convert. Like children with adults. Basically, you didn't you didn't own it, so I own it now. That's true. No, no, I said that I I wrote I did one too once weeks ago. You created yeah, you it. You did but, a variation, um, but uh, but I did it also focusing on David Cronenberg films. Mm-hmm. That's Crony. it, and it was a lot of fun. You, David you, the Crone, you, you won, but only so much. Yeah, only by a slim margin. Gabriel, yeah, David. we're gonna do horror bunches of votes. Cool. This time, yeah. Instead of specifically Cronenberg, mm-hmm. it's gonna be horror movies. That are cult classics and or very successful films to, from the 70s to the... 90s. So, horror bunches of votes, classic. Actually, this one might be older. But, um... So, yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. I had a burp in there. All right. Gabriel. Yeah. Are you ready? So yes, I am. Horror bunches of votes. Yep. Cue the music. Put on that Sex in the City music you used last okay. time. Uh, all right. All right. First one. Yep. Connie... A beautiful 15-year-old fights constantly with her mother. Oh, and... ex- so it's either a Joseph Catlett short story? Oh, should I have explained? I didn't explain Yeah, I probably should explain that. I felt like I was rushing things. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so basically each of these is going to be either a Joseph Catlett story, either mm-hmm. a short short story or a novel. Okay. Or it will be a plot synopsis of a horror film. Yes. From the, just at any point, basically. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, you need to tell me what it is. And also some of these are like copy and pasted. Some of them are kind of like somewhat written. Some of them yeah. are wholly fabricated by me. Farb. Gera. Yep. So, first one. Uh-huh. Connie, a beautiful 15-year-old, fights constantly with her mother and homely older sister. She'd rather be out at her local big boys uh, restaurant picking up boys. But one day, a man called Arnold Friend comes by in a gold convertible covered in mysterious numbers. At first, he charms Connie, but starts visiting her family when she's away and making threats. Will Connie take this final ride? Is that a Joe's Carol Oates story or the plot synopsis of a movie, horror movie? I'm going to guess that's Oates. Gabriel, is that your final answer? It is. Fuck. Vant <laughs> <laughs> it. Vamp, stretch it. Stretch um, it. Daniel, you know what you should do? You should actually get an audio database so that way you can put insert the sound effects rather than having it play kind of oddly off our off like the mics on our phones. Yeah, I like doing this. It's That'd fun. Be, it is fun, but then you can also add it better in post. Are you ready? Yeah. Gabriel, final answer. That's a Joe's Carol Oates story? Oates. Hey! Hey! That is where are you going? Where have you, where have you been? Where'd you go, Bernadette? Oh, that was a typo. I said <laughs> here have you been? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, which is apparently one of our most like uh, uh, anthologized short stories. Sure. All right. Oh, Connie. Gabriel. Arnold. Yeah. What? Move it. No, it's actually it was adapted into like like a couple movies. So it was both. Um. Yeah. I think the movie was called like I don't know whatever. Who cares? Cider House Rules. Anyway, moving on. Number two. Yeah. Okay. Right. A police lieutenant uncovers more than he bargained for as it, as his investigation of a series of murders which have all the hallmarks of the deceased Gemini serial killer mm. leads him to question the patience of a psychiatric ward. Okay. Gabriel, is that a Joe's Killer Oath story? Or a movie? I'm gonna guess that's a horror film. This is a horror film? Yep. Gabriel? Yeah. Hey! Gabriel, that is the plot synopsis of The Exorcist 3. Oh no! <laughs> that's that's actually a good movie. Is that, is that the one with, with like Robert Mitchum or something? Uh, no, uh, George C. Scott. George C. Scott. Um, it also has a uh, oh, fuck. I'm gonna forget his name. The guy who does the voice for Chucky. 
Plays, um, Brad Dorif. Yeah, Brad, the doc from uh, Deadwood. Yeah, he's in that. Uh, no, it's actually kind of a good movie. Okay. Like, I can't stress enough. Like, I. Wait, isn't there. Was, was it Exorcist Part 2 where there's like a. There's like, a like Robert Mitchum or some excellent older actor uh, plays like a priest? Yeah, Robert Burton. Oh, Richard Burton? Richard Burton, sorry. Yeah. Who also supposedly uh, they really wanted to play the aviator in the uh, aviator? Little Prince movie. Oh. Uh, because he did Richard like a, Burton? he did like a stage production, of course, and he was like, oh. he was like known for this. But he like couldn't be bothered, so oh. they got they got that guy, whoever it was. Yeah. It was a name I didn't recognize. Okay. Gabriel, sure. two, two zero. Perfect yeah. score. Let's see if you start fucking up. Okay. Right. That's fair. Gabriel. Ask anyone I date. Number three. Yep. Out of five. Okay. A man by the name of Liam Gavin fancies himself a hunter. Okay. He, re- he repeatedly falls in love with outcast women who need a, who crave a stable man like him in their lives. But the ladies offend him, and he seemingly moves on. Or is something darker happening just beneath the surface of this mysterious drifter? Ooh. Is that a Joe's Carol Oates story, or is it the plot of a horror movie? That one feels like a real toss-up. The other two seem pretty clear-cut to me. Oh, that could really be either one. I'm gonna guess Oots. Gabriel, are you guessing this is a this is Joe's Carol Oates story? I am indeed. Hey, yeah. that's that's the plot synopsis to the hunter. One, oh. of, my, one of my favorite stories of, of hers. Actually. That's cool. Yeah, that's no, really I really like that one. But who's the hunter? Liam Gavin. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's 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 the hunter. Oh, so it's a metaphor. No, he calls himself. Yeah, it, I mean it's it's an interesting. I've always wanted to do the hunter for this show. Mm-hmm. Actually, those are going to be like that. Nope, that's the plot of Nighthawks. <laughs> Probably. Okay, Gabriel. That's a great movie if you've seen it. Gabriel. Yes. This is number four. Are okay. you ready? I am ready. Three zero. You're doing good. Yeah. All right. Mary Henry ends up the sole survivor of a fatal car accident through mysterious circumstances. Trying to put the incident behind her, she moves to Utah and takes a job as a ch- as a church organist. But her fresh start is interrupted by visions of a fiendish man. Hmm. As the visions begin to occur more frequently, Mary finds herself drawn to the deserted carnival on the outskirts of town. The strangely alluring carnival may hold the secret to her tragic past. Is that a Joe's Carol Oates story? Or is it a horror movie? I think that is also Oates. I think this is also Oates. Mm-hmm. Fuck! Ah, What's that horror that's film? That's Carnival of Souls. Okay. Which is like a... I think people out there will know what that is, but it's like a very well-known, like, older horror movie. And sure. Yeah. So, Gabriel. Okay, so, uh, 3-1. Okay. Doing great. You have one more. Okay. You basically won already. Let's, yeah. Let's see how well you've won mm-hmm. or how not so well you won. Okay. <clears throat> that was another spaceship. Yeah. Okay. It's a little bridge. This one's short. Okay. A teenage girl, once possessed by a demon, finds that it still lurks within her. Meanwhile, a priest investigates the supernatural death of another priest. Is that a Joe's Carol Oates novel or story? Or is it a movie? I think that's a movie. Final answer. Sure. Yeah! That's the plot to The Exorcist 2, The Heretic. Damn it, I knew it! <laughs> Fucking Richard Burton! With Richard Burton. That is the right one, right? I get him confused with the guy who looks just like him. I don't know. I mean, Richard Burton, that seems like an odd choice. Well, how about this? Who played Liz Taylor? Who, and... who played the George Smiley character in The Deadly Affair? Was that, I think, was that Richard Burton? Because there's the guy who looks just like him who is the who played... 
the the spy and the man who came in from the cold the spy who came in from the cold fucking hell i need to look this up this is well, crazy. Well, uh, i get these guys so confused exorcist 2 the spy who came in from the cold exorciard nope. oops exorciard uh, Richard, okay, so Richard Burton, he was the guy. The in, heretic. Was he was the guy? He was also the actor. In, yeah, Richard Burton. In, okay, he was okay. So he played. He played the okay. He played the guy from the spy who came in from the cold. One second. Deadly affair. I need to look this shit up. Which is a good movie. I highly recommend anybody see it. What am I looking at? That sound is me rubbing my chin hairs on the pop filter. Well, I know that. I don't know. I. <laughs> Deadly. Did I mention I'm on painkillers right now? No. Uh, I looked up. I'm getting real small. I looked up uh, a deadly affair, and it just brought, yeah, it's like a it, TV movie. It automatically brought up a list of castle episodes. Oh, that's funny. It was castle, right? It's like oh, I like castle. Yeah, castle episodes. I'd watch Nathan Fillion do anything. James Mason. I get James Mason mm. and Richard Burton confused so much. I could see that. Also, because again of what he just said, where one of them is the main character of a of the deadly affair, which is an adaptation of John Le Carre's. Uh, book and then the film version of the spy come in for the cold drone on the crate so anyway the important thing is i won oh, one you only messed up one i'm a victor you're you did very well gabriel i'm a hustler i'm a hustler i'm a maker i'm a big night poker i guess gabriel yep <laughs> you did very well i did it i don't know what else to say about that other than cool you did a very good job right gabriel we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go break mm-hmm. when we come back we're gonna talk a little more about book I'm going to talk a little bit about, about beak. what we're doing next time. About Bork. Okay. Okay. Gabriel. Okay, I'm up with that. Black. Welcome back. Hi, everyone. Dear listener readers. Still us. Two. Hey! America's Fast Pace Central Podcast. I am Daniel. I'm Gabriel. And while you were doing that, I just thought of a good name for uh, our sub series with Katie and Kometz while we're doing every single adaptation of a Sir Ronan um, uh, book. What's that? I call it Ronan, 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 your book. Yeah, sure. I like it. Ronan, Ronan, Ronan. Ronan, Ronan, your book. Gently down the page. What's the song from Blues Brothers? Never seen it. Ah, damn it. All right. All right, so moving on. Know. Rapper's Delight. Uh, yeah, that's that's from yeah. Uh So moving on, uh, we have some final thoughts to do with uh, this goddamn book. Okay. Gabriel. Yep. Uh, we, yeah, we talked. Okay, in each of the three parts of this, we talked about different adaptation. Yeah. So this book has had a billion adaptations between mm-hmm. like various genres and whatnot. Did you know that probably one of the most interesting ones is that there was an anime adaptation in 1970, an anime adaptation? A 39-episode anime adaptation no. that aired between 1978 and 1979. Are there any are there episodes online? I don't know. I haven't looked, but I'm sure. I mean, I'm, all they, of Urusei Atsura is online. I'd hope so. Uh, look, it's it's called something silly like, like uh, it's... It's like a uh, Prince of the Stars colon the Little Prince or something like that. Dude, like I ho- I really wanted to have a like a traditional super dorky poppy anime opening. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, with with like Little Prince and everything like that. Yeah. No, we're gonna have to, no, we're gonna have to bring Orosei Atsura back up. That's the first one that have like a really poppy anime opening. Yeah. Gabriel, let hmm? me read a couple more. Thoughts. Besides Gigantor, obviously. Gigantor, Gigantor, Gigantor. Okay. 
Gabriel, yep. just want to read a couple more facts. Okay. Very interesting. He was adept at reading and writing while flying. Wow. Uh, which, don't get me wrong. Which is, is that why he crashed so many times? <laughs> Honestly, maybe. Because well, was he reading? <laughs> well, because he'd be on long. While flying a plane? They sound super nice. And somebody, and like, yeah, it is, don't get me wrong. There's a reason why people don't do it. Yeah, um, dude. But he was he was adept at this point because he would always go on the long solo missions. Mm-hmm. So like for some reason he was just very trained at like having like a book on his lap and he would just like read it while doing it or not. It scared everybody else. Around yeah, him. <laughs> I feel like also, it's like like dude, did you know that James Dean had a really terrible habit of eating burgers and talking <laughs> while driving? I'm like, really? It's like, hey, did you know everybody in the Challenger on uh, the Challenger flight <laughs> was reading the whole time? They kept, they loved doing like getting into a game of Monopoly right yeah, before, right flying. before I was launching. But, uh, but uh, to, to sound to make him sound a little more frustrating, he once circled an airport for an hour, upsetting everybody in the traffic control tower. Yeah, uh, because he wanted he was finishing a novel. What a dick! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, he carried a notebook in the cockpit and would uh, like pick it up and like write like like little sketches and whatnot and whatnot while he was flying, of course, which sounds fucking really cool you know? sh- I, I have never flown a plane i'll never fly a plane i'm sure so maybe maybe that's a really common practice i mean there's there's autopilot for a reason yeah well they, there wasn't really autopilot back <laughs> yeah okay even better but Here like you know can imagine being up there and you just like take it out and just like one-handedly write and something like that. i guess but, so i mean also i imagine it's but like it's almost like going texting on a, and driving it's like no it's i was gonna <laughs> say it's a bit like going on a long run where it's like at some point you're not you don't necessarily need to pay attention you zone so out like, yeah or anything also um yeah uh supposedly the asteroid that he lives on uh that little prince lives on b612 might have gotten its name from uh the serial number of one of the planes that he flew that's cool while he was uh, an airmail person uh which had the serial number a612 mm-hmm. also he, he wrote to uh he wrote a letter to his sister about raising a fennec fox in 1928 oh, that's cool. which supposedly like people are saying like oh that's why he loves foxes well foxes are awesome yeah, foxes why are would awesome. you not you love foxes you really need a thing for that foxes are rad fox why so hefty gabriel yep Fox, why so hefty? Uh, that's basically all I have for my little like insightful details. And Neat. I, again, like, uh, the, what an interesting human being! What an interesting person! And he got the coolest death. Yeah, he <laughs> fucking vanished in a plane. Top ten coolest deaths ever. Yeah, like, like, like. Honestly, what a great way! Like, if your if your bio ends with and he was never seen again, then yeah. you're doing something right. He got he got on a plane and he was never seen again. Yeah, nobody knows what happened. Cool. And I like, think he got turned into a pig man. 60 years later, the person who might have murdered you is feeling guilt because he's like, oh, no, but I loved him. Yeah. Oh, damn. <laughs> Gabriel. Yeah. Let's do final thoughts. Okay. Gabriel, final thoughts. Little Prince, do you have anything left to say about this? It's kind of weird that we're fi- having finally done this one for the show. This is one of my favorite books. This is something that's it's tattooed on me, very literally. And it's, it's something I think about all the time. This is a very, very important book to me. And reading it over and over again, much like any good classic like kids book or any book really it's meaning changes to me so much more every time i read it i get a different perspective every time i read it and i don't i i I will keep on reading this book always that if i end up having tots i'll pass it on down to them it's just a wonderful book and if you have not read this thing we haven't spoiled it for you even a little bit so and like any bookstore will have a copy of this. Get at the library, read it. It's it's very short. It'll take you two shits, and then you'll be you're done. It's such an amazing book. I would dare say it's a little longer. Maybe three shits. I mean, you you have some. How long very, are your shits? Yeah, you very long. I don't know. They don't last sixteen thousand words. I had a roommate <laughs> who shat for an hour every day, taking up the bathroom. That's it was not, not you, Daniel. I know it's not me. Yeah, that's nowhere. Yeah, that's me. 
But no, yeah, no, that's another thing. Again, weirdly, weirdly long, but not that long. Yeah, it it uh, much like like watching like a long movie that's super engrossing. You're shocked at how quickly it goes by the second time you read it. Yeah, sure. But yeah. Daniel, yeah. your final thoughts. My final thoughts on uh, Le Petit Prince. No, I like it. Uh, I want to read it again soon. Good. Hopefully soon. And I think I again don't really have much else to say because I'm just like it's like yeah no it's a, it's a simple book cool. I enjoyed it like uh, I love I, I I very much want to read several of his other books that mm-hmm. like I'm kind of annoyed that they're not available in audiobook format because I think this would be a fin- Daniel the, loves audiobooks. They're they're very short and they seem very like it's like oh I'd love to hear some I, I'd love to hear Carrie Ewells tell me about Elvis Elvis whatever same thing. Uh, tell me about like you know this dude's like uh like fucking flying over France and whatnot and yeah. a doom mission or whatever. Sure. So yeah, Gabriel. Yeah, Daniel. We have uh one segment do we do with this book more and it's called that was not a sentence. It's sure. called Hazy Memories. Hazy Memories. Brought to us by the Whip Around Podcast. Sean Think the Haze, aka Shawnee Be Honey. Shawnee Be Honey. Shawnee Be Honey. Shawnee Be Honey. Who is feuding with Katie and Kometz right Most now. serious feud. Seriously feuding. Twitter flame war. Absolutely. Like, Look name, out name to calling. Katie Perry. And if Katie and Kometz hasn't heard this yet, let me tell you, she, he says a lot of shit about you behind Katie doesn't really listen to our show. No, nah, she doesn't. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I can't blame her. Yeah, um, that's fine. This show is long. <laughs> this is a long show. We do it every fucking week. Every week. <laughs> every goddamn week. We're a book club podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, but no, uh, you know, we're basically, we talk about the thing we're going to remember several years from now. Mm-hmm. Gabriel, this, you've read this book several times over the past 10 years or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, what are your hazy memories? Do you have actual hazy memories? Not really. It's the whole thing. I, I, I read. The book I, is a hazy memory. Yeah. I reread <laughs> this thing often enough. It's like someone being like, man, what are your, what's, what are your hazy memories of the Beatles album, Rubber Soul? I'm like. I don't know. I listen to it like monthly. It's just I know this thing inside and out. But I mean, it's it's funny to me now that I have the Tipler tattooed on me. <laughs> Tipler. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's, I call him the Tipler. That's how long I it read sound, this book. It sounds like a sex yeah. toy. Yeah, it definitely does, doesn't it? But like, you know, I also wanted to get the fox at some point. Also, but there's the phrase "tipping the velvet," which essentially is. I actually don't have. I think that's the phrase. Oral sex or or digit sex? Yeah, it's Sarah Waters. Yeah, it's a Sarah Waters novel. Yeah. Read a book, guys. Yeah, seriously. But maybe the thing that sticks with me the most often, uh, it's it's, every time I see a fox, I think of this book. Yeah. Because I love to depict, like, maybe the first thing I remember the most from reading this book is that description of, of the fox and being tamed. Like, that's the thing that maybe the first thing that, that truly grabbed me the first time I read it. Mm-hmm. That whole notion of how you learn to love something by taming it, and then you accept the pain of loss by the second you choose to love something. Ah. And it, that's always stuck with me. Daniel, what are your hazy memories? I have, I have bigger thoughts about the whole taming thing, just also because... Uh, I'm also reading this very, very heavy novel that's like a revisionist history on like American yeah. history. So a lot of like this discussion. What's it about, called, like, Daniel? Taming and whatnot. I'm just like, I'm like, oh, that sounds such like a different, dark kind different of metaphor. It, it's it's different. It di- really is, but it's just like I have that fresh in mind and hearing this, and I'm just like, uh, taming doesn't sound like that to me, right? Mm-hmm. But no, I'm reading uh, the end of the myth by uh, Dave Grandin. Grandin. I wonder if Greg what's it called. I wonder if. If there is a different French transliteration of that term, I, I feel like it's a really interesting one because it, it's not what tame means. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it, it's like it's like to form a, bi- a bind with something, a to bond? bind with something, a bond. Yeah, uh, like it, it, it's a very interesting phraseology. If 
the literal translation is tame, like taming a dog. Yeah. It's 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 very it's it's it touches like a weird like mental nerve. Like what an interesting way to put that. It is. It, it's maybe that's what like uh, I think the translator in the beginning says as much about like how like it's the same. People it's a, still kind of argue they use that same that term in the, in the original translation. Yeah. What are you gonna do? I don't know. Fucking live. Gabriel. Yeah, what? Uh, no, Hazy Memory. I think the thing that I absolutely loved when I heard this um, was that once the flower uh, blossoms, it grows four thorns. Four and then, measly thorns. And then goes, great, I'm equipped to f- I'm equipped in case tigers attack me. Yeah, I love that. And like right away, right, that was one of those things instantaneous where it's like, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. The language is like, we barely talked about the language and it's it's wonderful. Yeah. It's excellent writing. Yeah, uh, and again, he didn't... Strange voice. He obviously did not uh, write this in English. He's not yeah. Nabokov. Yeah. Nabokov, whatever you want to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, yeah, it was It was just... It was, oddly enough, like, available pretty much in English before it was, like... it's. This isn't a French book. This is essentially mm-hmm. an American book. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. That's It's 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 it's, it's, it's fascinating. No, this it's book's a... kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, believe it or not, this book, worth looking into. Yeah, this is a fucking book, man. Mm-hmm. So seriously, if you get a chance, readers, pick it up if you haven't already. It's or reread it. It's always worth a reread. <laughs> Gabriel, yeah, I think we we ran this book into the ground. All right, fuck off, Antoine. F- get out of here, the Antoine, Tony, the Antoine, Tony, I lost it. Zupetti, Gabriel, yeah, what? Uh, that's the end of the show. Um, no, what, what are we what doing we next do? week? We're gonna, I guess, we're doing a, a Poisonwood Bible, Poisonwood by yeah. Barbara Kingsolver. By Kingsolver. Who we're for... continuing um uh, the Strand eighty and stranded, and fully in full effect, branded and stranded, baby, branded and stranded, mm-hmm. branded and stranded. And we're never doing stranded again. <laughs> nice. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, um, inevitably. If the next one is like, oh, Simon the it's like, hey, let's do this for another episode. Mm-hmm. Well, Daniel, um, I want to suggest a thing that. Next week, when we roll again for the next book, mm-hmm. let's also cross-reference the Goodreads list. So if we don't like what we get on uh, the Strand 80 official list, horror. let's see what the Goodreads list is. Yeah, all right. We'll see about that. Uh, okay, yeah, we're doing Poisonwood Bible, a book that uh, you've rented from the library for me for mm-hmm. a while now. Yeah, I renewed it recently. Yeah, okay. Uh, good. Um, and we're going to do that. It seems pretty long, but according to you, it's very interesting. I'm getting into it a lot, so, actually. Yeah, it's great. No, and it sounds pretty nice and heavy. Uh, Gabriel, uh, plug. Um, ladies and gentlemen, please check out self-evident Asian America stories. It is a podcast about Asian America stories that I worked on. They just wrapped up their first season. Please check it out. Give us some rates, reviews, and subscribes. It's an amazing little endeavor they put forth. The more you listen to it, the more people do surveys and such, the more likelihood they'll have to have a second season. Um, the episode I worked on is my life story to a certain degree. It's episode three, the talk we were supposed to have. It was featured in AV Club's pod mass. Thank you very much. Mm. So please check that out. I'm very, very proud of that. Um, besides that, damn, I don't know. Um, give this show some rates, reviews, and subscribes. Slow Readers needs you. Please, for the love of God, give us some reviews, some stars. <laughs> give us some RTs. I don't know. And lastly, um, follow me on Instagram at read.richards, read like reading a book, for pictures of books, mostly pictures of trees and leaves in the wind, and every now and again, my face. Daniel. What? Plug. Oh, my God. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Top Gun Radio. You can follow me on Instagram at Slow Readers, where I'm the most active. But man, I've been slipping on that. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That said, you can buy my fiction on Amazon. The, Amazon. The 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 Shadow from the Deep mm-hmm. and a Cook in the Kingdom. I almost said like my mind went the crack in the and I was like, what is that? <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, which is all available. You could also go to TopGunPress.com for hey. all information on my 
stuff over it. Follow him at Daniel Gonzalez Fiction on Facebook. You can do that too if you want to be fucking weird. I'm gonna fucking pervert about it. Shit. Gabriel, that's the end of the show. All right. Um, what's the best way to end the show? See you guys next week for Barbara King Solvers, The Poisonwood Bible. That's all right. All right, fuck off. Bye. I love you. This has been a Top Count Radio production, executive produced by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabriel Mara. For more shows and information, go to topcountradio.com. Thank you.